What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. (laughs) That's nice. I like that. You're going with the, is that magenta? That's like a purple. It's like bluish purple. Does it flicker in and out or can you like make it? I mean, I can make it strobe and everything, but it's just not really. And as far as it being an audio medium. Yeah. You probably can't see the lights if you're listening to this right now. That makes sense. No. Mm -hmm. But it looks good though. I got a little uh, Wang. You ever watch that guy Wang on YouTube? Oh, not li- oh, little Justin Wang. Wang? No, no, Justin Wang. Mm-hmm. Justin Wang's dope, dude. Yeah, what you does he check do? him out. W H A N G. He's an internet kind of archivist. He talks about mm-hmm. all these different things happening on the internet. Internet, and he talks about like the origin of like uh, Tub Girl. Oh, Jesus. gross things. You know yeah. what I mean? One one guy, one jar. He talks about. Oh, you know things that are just but not just gross stuff it's, it's all kind of internet just internet him and uh, internet historians really good too i recommend those two all YouTube. the charlie the unicorn and homestar runner and yeah the- internet historians funny as hell he's like an australian dude who just it, it's they're just documentaries about like the internet zeitgeist and what kind of what's happening what has happened on the internet and what's happening the whole thing now? about yeah i don't know Go people ahead. are shoot it- people are chuggy Am I recording? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah no. Um, people are chuggy. Yes. People are chuggy, dude. Yeah. Um. What you were gonna say? Something? He's doing a piece on what? What? He did know. a piece on the fire festival and on Dashcon, mm. the My Little Pony fucking convention, and how garbage it was, and like oh. it was just pretty damn. It's pretty damn good. He did a whole piece on um when uh Shia LaBeouf put up that flag that said like you will not. I don't know some flag Shia LaBeouf put up and then the internet figured out where it was and they kept taking it down and he put it out in some field in the middle of nowhere and of course the fucking ding dongs and 4chan found it and mm-hmm. by tracking fucking flight patterns over it and shit and just all this work to tear it to just troll Shia LaBeouf when like actual things are happening in the world that we could actually fix yeah yeah Bam. yeah man <clears throat> yeah it's uh the the things that we can actually fix and the you know i think that that i think about that a lot i think we talked about that last week when i was dealing with the fucking plastic in my in my life and whatnot and i mean there's uh very little that i have control over jerry none of it (laughs) okay even even less even less (laughs) very little you have control over none of it um mostly 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 none of it mostly um but I've been, um, I've been a little overwhelmed lately and I know we're going to, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about, but, Mm -hmm. um, there's been, you know, working and then I I told you I'm taking this, this writer's workshop, which is really cool, but like, I got to go through people's shit and then I have to like critique it and I have to be, 
like you can't just go like this is trash or what were you thinking or yeah you know because somebody else has got my stuff too so they i mean they could um but it's it's kind of it takes a lot of work to sit there like i spent this morning going through this piece and like trying to fully understand it and there's part of me that's like what the fuck is this person trying to say mm-hmm. and then be kind with it i don't know it's just it's been a very it's long exercise week. yeah i it's i admire that you can do that because you sent me an article and i had to sleep my, walk my way through it so <laughs> like i was interested the first two paragraphs and then was just like mm-hmm. uh... well there was a little click an audio version you could listen to did not know that oh <laughs> so today is why for uh you ought to show it's you, a deep dive into alanis morissette's you you ought work. to know you ought to show you ought to show it's called the you ought to show we're, we're making a switch over in format from recovery to just the works of collected works of alanis morissette was it about flea who was it about that song they said it was about um ryan seacrest no I'm not playing. They said it was about Ryan Seacrest. Everybody thought it was Dave Coulier. It turns out she was doing sex shit with Ryan Seacrest, which is more palatable to me, I think. But also her head is shaped like a peanut. But she has a Mm -hmm. great song about recovery and alcoholism. I can't remember the name of it, but but uh, no, we're not going to be talking about that. I don't. Is think. she is she in the program? Is she is she? Uh, uh, I think everybody I mean, is at this point. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's somebody the other day. Oh, Mary Tyler Moore. Because mm-hmm. I was like, mom, my mom and dad and I were talking about Dick, Dick uh, Van Dyke. Yeah, and my mom's like, you know, Mary Tyler Moore is in the program too. I'm like, no way. She's like, yeah, yeah. There's a couple people who surprised me. I can't remember who they were now, though. There was somebody else who I was like, oh, one of the guys in the podcast I listen to is a, a recovery guy, and he like rarely talks about it. And when he does, I always get excited because I'm like, yeah, you're one of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dude yeah. from the Daily Zeitgeist, that Jack O'Brien guy, is a I've, I've surmised so far that he's a recovering alcoholic. He's a good guy. No, I mean, I mean, there's, there's a lot more of them out there than, than I ever imagined. According you know? to this article, according me, to this talk, article, let's so, crack open the Atlantic. I have some, some you got some takes. issues. No, okay. Not issues, hot takes. Okay. Maybe so issues. I don't know. I was, you know, you ought to know, you ought to show uh, why what is was for, why for yo anyway. ho ho and a bottle of rum. Um, is that what it was? Sure. I well, I wanted to talk about this article. I mean, I think I, I read a book a long time ago called Rum, the History of the New World and Ten Cocktails. And it talks about how rum fueled America in a lot of ways. Um, but there's this article in The Atlantic that just came out, um, I don't know, a couple days ago called America Has a Drinking Problem. And um, I don't think anyone doubts that. Uh, The article talks about our time over the pandemic. It talks about, um, well, I mean, I guess let's just start from the beginning where the history of alcohol and where it comes from. Right. And how we've found it as human beings. Someone had a word count and they needed to pad that shit. Um, (laughs) They should have just called this article Water is Wet. Because, mm-hmm. of course, I America has a fucking drinking problem. Why even write? It's mm-hmm. like today the sky is blue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there was some interesting stuff in it, I guess. We go into a lot of statistics and stuff. She goes into the history of alcohol, which I felt like um, was Especially in America out. and how um, just there was excessive drinking. At one point, people were going through a barrel. Of, families were going through a barrel of cider a, a week. They were saying nine that that their excessive drinking in American culture was nine gallons of booze a year. 
during, yeah. right after prohibition. But then again, while reading this article, I realized this is a non-alcoholic writing an article. Yes. Yes. About people binge drinking in American culture, which is just, and then comparing it to the European cultures and saying, well, they, they don't typically binge drink in Italy. And I bet you there's a big group of Italians that would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know. Yes. My dad loves the Atlantic and I'm like, I don't like the Atlantic. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because they always find a bl- way to blame millennials every single mm-hmm. time. You think that this was article blame millennials? Yeah, absolutely. It was basically saying that the millennials were not heavy drinkers when they were teenagers, but now that they're in their mid thirties to early forties, they're all like a majority of them, not a majority, but a huge swath of them drink mm-hmm. and contribute to the amount of drinking in this culture. But I was like, well, yeah, dude, if you're in your mid thirties and you don't own anything when your parents did and you got the fucking shit end of the stick like they did, you'd probably drink too. A lot. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, okay. So, so the drinking is is justified, right? The, the, the excessive drinking is justified from the external, um, the externalities, right? The world that we live in. I wouldn't say it would be justified as much as it's just, there's a reason why. Understood. It's yes. understood. Uh, that's if understood. Not yeah. Cause justify would be like, you're allowed to drink that much, which <laughs> if you want to, you can, it just doesn't, mm-hmm. it never ends well. It never ends well. Right. Right. So Even one of the things it talks about is long, 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 long time ago, we're talking centuries ago. Um, and how there was a ancient man there was this place they found some cave paintings and it was basically no one lived there but it was just a place to go it was like the very first bar ever built mm-hmm. in a cave pretty and much it was just where fermented fruits were made or allowed to ferment and then people got drunk and partied there mm-hmm. and the idea that from alcohol human beings have developed an ability to be creative to work together to tolerate mm-hmm. strangers yeah in a way that allows them to be to work together in larger groups. And so these are things that are considered pros of alcohol. Like these are the things that are, that have positively affected human behavior over the centuries to help us develop connections where Mm -hmm. we would not otherwise find them. Right. Uh, And that came to the American shores in the 15, 1600s. Yeah. And what, well, I mean, it goes back further. I mean, we, they talk about gin in uh, Genevieve, which is what it was called in Holland. And then the mm-hmm. English came and took it and they made gin and it fucking ruined everything. That's what I was about to say is that the article starts by stating that people were drinking beer, they were treating it like food. They're using mm-hmm. it as a staple with beer because beer had calories. So right. they had a caloric intake when we were forming societies and stuff. And then before that as cavemen or as this uh, caveman, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, this, this primitive, whatever we were that we had developed some mutation in our genes where we didn't uh, metabolize the alcohol as fast as other animals did. So it'd kind of stick around or we metabolized it faster somehow, but mm-hmm. we had like genetically had come up with a way to tolerate alcohol and make it work for us so we could imbibe the calories and then become intoxicated from it. That was the side effect of the calories. And over time, the genetic, this article states the genetic mutation didn't breed out of us. It didn't like, do you know what I mean? Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't one of these things that genetics decided we don't need that anymore. People who have that mutation die so they don't get to make more kids or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Then it turned into society. And then people are like, well, we need to eat and we can drink beer because it has all these calories in it. And it lubricates us socially. Yeah, it feels mm-hmm. good. It feels different. And we can all have Stonehenge where we'll have a fucking rave and eat mushrooms and bang and whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and then of course, industrialized, you know, we hit the industrial revolution. Before that, we end up in the United States and are coming into what the United States, the new world and those motherfuckers drank. And then liquor showed up and was like, ah. that's the thing, right? All this old stuff, all of the old fermented fruit, mm-hmm. all of even the beer and the ale. These were all things that were in the three and 4%, right? This yes. is, we're yeah. talking like Budweiser levels of alcohol, right? right? Which isn't <clears throat> liquor. It's not booze. No, it is not. It is Budweiser not. is barely alcohol as far as I'm concerned. Right now, and it, which is not to say somebody who doesn't crush thirty cans a night is not—they would have disagree a with me. Yes, right, of course. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is coming from a whiskey drinking alcoholic. Who's right, like I, you've heard me say it. I'm like, beer's not drinking. That's a rum right. soda. It mm-hmm. just makes you fart. I I knew a bartender once who was he was drinking a beer, and I was I was surprised to see him drinking a beer because he always had a cocktail, mm-hmm. and I was like, really, you're drinking a beer? And he's like, yeah, the beer's what I have when I'm deciding what to drink next. It's <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you bartenders so um so this idea that it was the industrial revolution which exacerbated it because of the advent of of liquor and now things are 40 and 50 percent and our bodies we have we have we have evolved our uh, so many things so quickly that we are unable to keep up with them evolutionarily mm-hmm. as human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. right technology like psh, it's just it goes beyond us right right um liquor uh we're we're just not we're not capable of processing that much alcohol at once and oh. this it's it's a big problem i mean yeah. nobody's going to i don't think anyone would argue today that alcohol is bad for you no, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> no, I, guess I don't think so. No. There's there's conversations about maybe a little bit of wine uh, might be good know. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can have this and you can have that. And all I keep hearing is, you know, excuses to drink. Right. And there's there's parts in the article um, where they're discussing this idea of what's good and what's not. And I just I just keep hearing excuses. And maybe that's fine for a normal person, but I don't think a normal person thinks about alcohol this much. They don't, but I, I believe what this article is, the, the main concern in this article is that normal people are starting to approach alcohol like alcoholics. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the whole wine mom culture and that they have little flasks you can hide and yeah. put in your jewelry or whatever like so I, I i think that's what the not the hysteria is the wrong word but mm-hmm. i think that's the the main concern of the article is america drinking like alcoholics now you know and then you mm-hmm. factor in the pandemic on top of the stresses of life this capitalism run wild people with their genetic predisposition their emotional predisposition i mean it's it's so far there's so many factors in it that i can't even I, and, I just I read the article like I said slept walk through near the end of it because I was like, what's the tone here? Like, are you saying alcohol bad or alcohol good? Because there's five paragraphs saying alcohol good for socialing socializing, 
and all this stuff, but then culture bad because people are on their phones and bars and no longer speak to each other, but alcohol good because it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this person who wrote it is giving you both sides of it constantly. And, and, but I think the overall tone is like normal people are drinking like drunks. And I'm like, no, I think they've always drank like drunks. Isolation in the pandemic isolation in the quarantine exacerbated some of that that's the heavy hitter for this is that they're saying drinking alone is this big factor that is really concerning but then in the next paragraph they talk about finding that sweet spot how there was that one coder and they had like a uh yeah trying to find that sweet spot in being drunk that he they could remain flexible and you know what i mean drop their Mm -hmm. inhibitions enough that they could code without any insecurity and be able to open up and reach these new artistic parts of your of your creativity or whatever and i just i don't know man i mean it like i said it's it's a it's a weird article because it's it's for normies it's for people who don't fucking do the shit we do yeah you know what i'm saying the and the iv drip with the coder the story in there about trying to maintain the perfect level of alcohol and i got fucking jealous i gotta be honest i got a little jealous i'm not gonna (laughs) lie i even thought man why didn't i think of that shit because we would have died we would have just killed each other because this is not fucking limitless you know we're not this is not like i'm gonna expand my mind with a you know a white claw drip into my bloodstream right and um i mean this is this is not a real example but Mr. Leahy on Trailer Park Boys used to have that breathalyzer, right? He did, there was mm-hmm. that whole storyline of like, if I can just maintain this, mm-hmm. but as we know, and what is not described in that article is that that coder is going to develop a tolerance. And then the percentage of alcohol required to maintain the same feeling and level of confidence and security and inspiration and motivation is going mm-hmm. to require more and more alcohol to keep it's that up. Simple goddamn math. We live with it in the other parts <clears throat> of our life. How many cups of coffee you got to drink now to even feel coffee anymore? Do you, you know what I'm truth? saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. Like I started off with normal coffee. Then I went to cold brew because it was stronger and it gave me that kick. I'm drinking fucking bang energy drinks in the morning now instead of coffee. You For didn't the- used to drink coffee. No. And then I got sober and was like, well, I need to feel something, I guess. Well, no, yeah. because when I first got sober, I was drinking like two rock stars, three rock stars a day, which are, you know, 250 to 300 milligrams of caffeine. I was going over that 500 milligram count. They're telling mm-hmm. me stick with well, it. But I think we're I, also really well versed in denial. Yeah. But we build and, up a dependency is what I'm saying. All humans mm-hmm, build up yes. a dependency. The first time you have chocolate, the 10th time you have chocolate, it's not going to be as good as the first time you have chocolate. You're not going to get that hit. So if you're in the case of this coder, which is also, I don't know if it's a real story. They're kind of saying it's this, this, this legend. Theoretical, theoretical. Yeah. yeah, It just, you don't factor in the fact that tolerance is there. Just it happens to every human being, every human being, alcoholic, non-alcoholic addict, drug addict. I was talking to my dad about it. My dad's like, He's like, nah, man, this country binge drinks, but the biggest problem in this country is drugs. Like they shouldn't even be writing an alcohol article. They should be writing an article about Oxycontin because every, more people are fucked up on Oxys than they are drinking, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, good point, you know? Cause, and it's also, uh, I think this, this article annoyed me, which is sad because this person probably put their heart in it and wanted the paycheck too. But like there's <clears throat> binge drinking in Mexico. The Mexican culture is, 
vastly huge in its binge drinking culture. Is it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. dude. I'm from a Mexican-American culture, and they are weirded out if you don't drink with them. Like the culture I grew up in. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Have you noticed any of that with like family members down there? Nah, or nah, not because they no. all know my dad. Do you know oh, what I'm okay. saying? They so know they my dad, <laughs> and they all know my mom. <laughs> you know, my parents are fucking recovering alky. So they're like, yeah, he got the bug too. You know? Got it. Yeah. Got it. So no, nah, I don't notice it much. We went out to lunch the other day. We went into a restaurant the other day, which was crazy. It was this place called The Parish, and it was a New Orleans-style restaurant. It was really good, actually. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of something out of Portland. It was, it was punk rock New Orleans cuisine. There was a couple sitting next to us, two boomers. And the guy was telling a story about a Southern Baptist dad who was a Southern Baptist preacher to this woman. And he was telling this woman a story about his dad meeting a man who didn't drink, who was sober. And when the man left, the guy said, yeah, my Southern Baptist dad leaned forward to me and said, never trust a man that doesn't drink, you know, and then they both laugh their asses off while they're having their mid-afternoon <laughs> cocktail. And I'm looking at the bar and the bar is like all boomers just lined up having their mid-afternoon fucking rum drinks, you know, and the mm -hmm. whole back of the bar is just lined with mason jars full of um, uh, infusions, infusions, you know, strawberries yeah. and rhubarb mm -hmm. and all that. <clears throat> That's the big thing is strawberry season. Mm -hmm. it's funny to me it, it but but it's just it's part of our culture as part of anybody's culture because in my opinion the, the <laughs> ultimate condition of being a human being is that it sucks and it's hard and it hurts and you're unfucking happy and uh not all the time but there are there are long moments of that that and is so, a part of the human condition it is absolutely and so yeah. in order to not feel those things you have to get intoxicated or at least you feel like you have mm -hmm. to so i think it's part of every culture i just think the atlantic mm -hmm. and the people who write for it want to put a little microscope on america and go what's up with these wine moms though well what's up with they, the wine moms? they drunk fucking moms yeah. like what like you've never had a friend who didn't have a drunk mom i had a drunk mom she wasn't a wine mom she drank wine but she wasn't mm -hmm. like it wasn't a cute shirt that said like i may be fucking wasted she was just wasted that's i think the i think that's the bigger problem and, and that's this all is rooted <clears throat> in capitalism so and that again is some so i try we've said this before i've said this before you've said this before alcohol is just an inert substance yep um and it doesn't do anything to me it can sit on the shelf in my kitchen for the rest of my life, as long as I don't put it in me, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. It's what's, what's more concerning is the marketing and the pushing. And they talk about this in the article about how much money in the late nineties and early two thousands, the companies put toward marketing to people that drinking yeah. is mm -hmm. fun and drinking is, um, is not only socially acceptable, but socially required. And you mm -hmm. are, don't trust a person who doesn't drink. Well, I want to be trusted. I want to be a part of the group. I want to be liked. I want to be loved. And so if I drink, I will get to be all of those things because the TV told me or, you know, it's well, yeah, they make money. I mean, how many of these mom wine mom blogs you think are funded by like Mondavi or some wine mm -hmm. company or that, that throw them a little check. Hey, sure. you should uh, promote our thing here and we'll throw you a little check there. And so then mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, this wine mom thing, the live, laugh, love, mm -hmm. you know, the live, laugh, mo, moe or whatever. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. mom street, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not even just the wine mom. It's like the whole white claw thing, the whole seltzer thing. They're like, Oh, this is just like a soda and it's healthy for you. Cause it's club soda. 
It's just club soda. It's like a LaCroix. It's club soda, except it has, it has like, what, a few less calories than beer? A few less it's... calories. And you know what, baby? It's just got a little malt liquor in it. That's all. It's just a little malt liquor. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, all that white claw, that truly, all that shit is just malt liquor. I just, it's really. But they kind of, tell you it's. It's kind skinny. of fucking evil. It's, light. it's, it's kinda... all evil. But th- I mean, once again, it all, and and I don't mean to turn this into a socioeconomic or a political podcast, but it's fucking capitalism, bro. If making, if you made no money off of booze, then they wouldn't push booze. They wouldn't push the culture. You push the culture, you push the money. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Even to the extent that like you and I, I wouldn't say we became alcoholics because culturally we looked at what was going on and went, that's cool. That's the sole reason why I'm a drunk. But that was a factor in it. You know, we that was genetic predisposition my daughter asked me yesterday what makes an alcoholic an alcoholic because we started talking about it you know my 11 year old wow. daughter yeah so she's like so what made you an alcoholic and i'm like well what do you mean like the amount i drank or what and she's like no what what makes like you and noni and papa alcoholics and i was like well i think it's this you know it's this genetic disposition i have mixed with this social aspect of my personality and <clears throat> There's mm-hmm. a lot of layers to it, right? But yeah, I don't know, man. You make a shitload of money selling dumb T-shirts written in scriggly handwriting that says "I may be drunk" or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's not coffee in my coffee mug or whatever. Right? Yeah. But or you make a shitload of money mm-hmm. buying. I bought a Patty's Pub shirt from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I still think bar T-shirts are cool. I do. There's some bar T-shirts I I I see that I'm like, that's a fucking badass T-shirt. Like, it has a good cool <clears> design on it. And that's 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 design work more than it is the culture of drinking. Yeah, for me, it's more the design work. But like, I'd I'd wear a bar shirt now, even though I'm sober, because I'm like, hey, they got good, got a good panini. They Going got a there. good, they got yeah. a good kielbasa panini. You know, <laughs> I I'm just kind of torn because I've always been, you know, not only. I still kind of find some of the aspects of like bartending and stuff like that. Somebody will send me a video or I'll see something. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. some of it is, but the more that I look at it, the more I, I'm, I kind of cringe at it and go, this is not for the good. I mean, I guess yeah. if you're completely, and there's just no way of, you know, there's no way to regulate whether or not somebody's an alcoholic or a normie and be like, oh, well, no, you're a normie. I can make you this fancy cocktail. Right. Oh, no, exactly. you're an alcoholic. You know, so you're not allowed. Yeah. Exactly. You're not allowed. Right. Cause that, that doesn't work. That doesn't exist. But no. I'm just more and more I look at it, I'm like, this is not the best use of anybody's time or money. No, not really, but not really. And I, I mean, that, far be know. it for me to tell people what they can and cannot do. Cause I, as we said at the top of the hour, I don't have control over anything, but nothing we can observe nothing. though. <laughs> and we can sit here in our little podcast and talk to each other about it, talk shit about it, but <sighs> no, you're right. And it really is. There is an artistry to making something horrible, palatable and even delicious. And that's what impresses me is when I see a bartender, but you know me, I was very, even as an active alcoholic, I was very easy to please. Mm-hmm. You wanted me to taste the high notes in a glass of Armagnac or whatever it was. And all I wanted was a blowjob shot. You know that's what I mean? Exactly I just right. wanted yes. something with Frangelica and Curacao or something, something that was sweet that had whipped cream on it or whatever it was, you know? So we all approach it differently. And maybe yeah. you in your active alcoholism, you did taste the top notes in that, the cognac or that whiskey or that maybe you had a Sazerac and you're like, these bitters are perfect or whatever it was right. where yes. I was just like, we, but, but okay. But I want to make this comparison because our motivation was exactly the same was, I'm not going to get fucked up though. Yes. You know, like this tastes yes. great. 
what if they gave this to me without booze? Would that be worth <laughs> it? Nah. There were there were certainly there were two motivations. There was this sort of top this tastes good or I want it to be something fun or interesting. And then there's always the bottom motivation, which is let's get fucked up. And that's and the, then that's the, the social base. aspect of it, of wanting to be together. And cause I was totally duped by a lot of the culture of it and that it was yeah, cool. Me too. I read books by people. I read how much Bukowski and Hunter S Thompson and fucking Jack Kerouac. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think these guys were in any way, shape or form actively trying to market alcohol this was just the life that they led well and it was different back then too yes. i mean i don't think that ernest gallo went to bukowski and said hey we'll pop you a check next time write another ham on rye you know like they now, would. on instagram yeah they're like hey hey wear this fucking corona shirt while you're roller skating in your underwear or whatever on instagram we'll fucking pop you a little check for it you know yeah, yeah. everything can be marketed and sold it's the culture we live in now the internet fucked everything up but it's also awesome, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't, but we did, we both bought into that. I still like the Bukowski stuff. There's some of it. that's really beautiful, sure. but I understand wanting to shed yourself of that and being like these things help lead these things. I felt influenced by these things that lead me to poison. It wasn't the fault of this thing, but it was me mixed. It's just like liquor me mixed with this thing mm -hmm. leads me to a poisonous life, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I see it. I don't I know, just... man. But, I just am, I'm just seeing it more and more. And the more that I see of how it's pushed, the more, I, I mean, again, the, the only thing I can say is like, maybe not, maybe don't, maybe, well, maybe not yeah. so much. Maybe this is, maybe look a little bit further past the glitz and the glamour of the mm -hmm. cocktail shell and the, you know, all that shit. So, well, and then the, in the article too, they talk about alcohols. Uh, relationship with religion with religious ceremonies they talk about alcohol's relationship with they talk about how the rates of cirrhosis are like huge right now because millennials a ton of millennials are getting cirrhosis but then i wonder about the correlation causation and correlation like mm -hmm. are there more people getting cirrhosis now because more people are drinking because they're push the drink or because the millennial generation is so fucking big that there's so many drinkers in that do you know what i mean like right <clears throat> are the yeah. numbers that big because there's you're pulling from a di bigger pool for your mm -hmm. statistics or is there an actual problem i think there's a problem personally i think this culture has a really fucked up relationship with alcohol and and just intoxication in general yes yes Our yes relationship i mean is wild i binge drinking so in the article a couple things you said something about religion there's this idea that also religion helps us trust people at least we can see more than we can only really what is it like trust 150 people in one go you like can only know only, that's that dunbar no yeah it's yeah. called the dunbar number the dunbar crooning effect no that's a different no thing. That's, that's a different thing yes but i know what you're talking about though <laughs> so we but with things like sorry, I was doing some Rogan shit there. Where I just say things, <laughs> just start, just start babbling shit. Yeah, Sounds dude. the same. Um, so with religion and much like with alcohol, mm -hmm. and like you said earlier, don't trust a man who doesn't drink. Well, if I know that I can sit down and have a drink with a stranger, that I can trust them, or mm -hmm. that if if I go into a church and I believe the same things as these other people, even if they're not part of my tight knit circle. I can trust them because of what they believe. I can trust them because they go, oh, Grey Goose Martini, I see. 
or whatever it is. Oh, cheers. You know, and how many times have you met a stranger in a bar and started talking um, just randomly? You know, I'm not saying that maybe you sought it out always, but it was just like you would have no problem talking to a stranger, not knowing anything about them because they ordered a drink and you ordered a drink or And your Whatever. inhibitions were low. It's called Dunbar's number. You were right. It's 150 okay. people you can trust and know intimately. But to your point, you it's really weird because the article um, actually tells you the opposite, that people don't talk to each other in bars anymore. So now we're just drinking at anymore. home yes. anymore. But when you and I were <laughs> drinking 10 mm-hmm. fucking years ago, come on, mm-hmm. it, 10 years yeah. is not even a generation. Like we would talk to strangers all the time at bars, but that was that mixture of dropping of inhibition, that shared experience. And like you said, yeah, that, that, uh, that ability to trust this person now, at least socially in the most Mm -hmm. um, superficial ways, because you do have a lowering of inhibition and a shared experience. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then from there, you both like the fucking San Diego superchargers or whatever. Boom. You got another layer. You like fucking, bartender's got ass boom another layer whatever it is you know i don't know why bartender got ass came into that but that was a lot of my conversations because i was a gross person but i never had an ass no you never had ass you were not thick you're not a thick you're not a thick boy yeah good hair though yeah good hair good hair um so but yeah so you say you say uh you say no that's lisa Loeb. that's not that's um, not it's not that's not a line of set um that there's that trust. And so that's something, and, and yes, you are right. People are less inclined to socialize outside. I mean, everything's fucking changed because of the last year. Pandemic fucked everything up. But even before pandemic, apparently you'd get a group of kids sitting at a table, quote unquote millennials, which I don't think it was more like the older Gen Z's and they'd mm-hmm. sit there on their phones and just drink and look at their Instagram. Right. You know? But they're conversating. They're talking. I don't know. And I mean, whatever, man, sometimes I don't want to. And I, honestly, as a bartender, you know, we could sit here and, and complain about how bars used to be social and people are just all on their phones. And mostly, you know what? They just wanted to be fucking drunk and social with me. And thank God they had their phones to keep them entertained thank because God, maybe it's just me getting jaded and exhausted and tired of the fucking job. But when there's when you're at a bar that has like 15 stools and they yeah. all want to fucking piece you and I'm just yeah. like. Ugh, yeah. Just please, have a big up. stack of Seattle strangers. You just throw them all the stranger. Just all <laughs> yeah. here. Just read this shit. Just read There's this a, shit. Here's the fucking crossword in there about <laughs> butt plugs. Do that. <clears throat> Leave me be. I mean, it just got to the point, and there were, you know, and it's like, God, I was just like, my job's. It's it was just too fucking much. Well, yeah, but, you're um, like, I got a bar back who's asleep in the back, mm-hmm. who's so drunk he's passed out. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I just, no, I got mold in the fucking beer taps. I got so much shit to do. We've like, got plenty of yeah. So it just became side work. And that was kind of a relief in my mind. Was like, oh, people are on their phones. Thank God I don't have to talk to every. Because <laughs> I remember where men would just just I have lonely old men, and you know, God forbid, I know what it's like to be a lonely old man. Like it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. it sucks, dude. But they would just sit there and stare and wait to have some sort of conversation, and they were just like, and you like the, I could. feel feel them trying to suck some sort of interaction out of me mm-hmm. and i'm just like i don't want to talk to you gary nobody no offense to anybody that, gary. gary but like i remember and i'm just like ugh, like i just can't man like yeah let me pour you another glass of tempranillo and stop fucking you know i'm not gonna engage with you about the the cocktail waitress like we're not gonna gross. talk about bill's fucking marlin fishing trip that you right went like it's just in the fucking gulf of, <clears throat> gulf of mexico bro like 
And to any bartenders who love doing that stuff and throwing a party and like having being a host, like that's awesome. That's great. They probably make good money. Yeah. More power to you. They do. Yes, they do. And I did. And there was a time where that was my thing. You did do that though. You were party man at one point. I was. I was. And I was very good at it. And I had Mm -hmm, fun with it. But you know, it's just not regulars who are like, we're gonna go see John, not we're gonna go to the Balmar. They're like, we're gonna go see Johnny today. We're gonna day drink and see Johnny. And you'd be like do your little Tom Cruise cocktail poem and fucking he's yes, a cool guy. You know, I, I would watch them because I'd be the lonely old man at the end of the bar who was fucking 28. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, I remember that. But your tolerance goes, you sober up and it's almost like, remember in the early podcast, we talk about the veil being lifted off our eyes. Like yeah. all that gossamer you're looking through is now starting to shift and you realize it's like almost like that movie, um, They Live. Mm-hmm. You know, the one with Rowdy Roddy Piper, Obey. you put on the sunglasses and he's like, you look mm-hmm. like your face fell in the fish fryer back in 1962 or whatever dumb fucking thing he says. <laughs> yes. That's what life felt like to me. I put the glasses on and was like, this is all bullshit. Like mm-hmm. this whole facade is all fucking so, so shaky. Like none mm-hmm. of this is real. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's what ha- I think that's what happened to you as well. So you were standing behind that bar with your little half apron on. And you're like, fuck this, this bullshit. Dude. This is bullshit. You stink. Like you smell yeah. like cirrhosis. Yeah. I mean, just watching watching grown men, adults fall off bar stools and Pee like themselves like babies. Yeah. Like watching just just just, just grown adults, men and women, just yes. being as sloppy and fucking just out of their minds. And I was like, and again, there but for the grace of God go I. Right, right. 100%. And then this article talks about how alcoholism helps you <laughs> tap into your young childlike playful side. Like, <clears throat> what childlike playful side is that? Falling off a bar stool and going pee pee in your pants? Because well, there's another. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think there's a there is some some a sliver of validity to that. Yeah, absolutely. That there is. There's one. There's one quote, and I have yet to be able to find it, about Tom Robbins wrote it, and I think it's in either Half Asleep in Frog Pajamas or um, one of the other, I can't, I can't remember which book I really, but he talks about alcohol, and I printed this out. Like, I went to the library, I had mm-hmm. the novel, and I photocopied the page and then printed it out on a big 8 by 10 and put it on my wall, because that's what we did in mm-hmm. 19... 19- 99 or whatever uh-huh. and the the quote was basically saying that in the first few drinks the first couple of drinks it was all about the inspiration that could come and how much magic was there and how how creative you could be right. but after you slip into that four five six drinks it was talking about the it was like a mother bear or something like that but how the monster of alcohol would come out and eat its young you know, you would give birth to all these wonderful ideas and you'd give birth to all these amazing things. And then mm-hmm. the last few drinks or the last seven or 12 or 16 would come and this whole, he had this great little passage about eating its young. And I was like, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's really profound. <laughs> if we can find the exact quote, that'd I'm going to look for it's it. It's very I'm profound though. It. It's, it really um, is apt, you know? So I think there's a tiny sliver of that, but I also don't yeah. have any control over that anymore. That's the thing, right? That's the rub. That's why this is written for, I keep pointing at my Normies. phone down here, but yes. this is written for people who don't drink alcoholically because yeah, yeah, that doesn't, those switch doesn't work for us. Our switch broken, switch yeah. broken. 
Yeah, no maintenance, Matt Cummings. Sorry, switch broken. Just don't use that switch anymore. That's basically there's no what switch. It is. It's just a fucking. It's switch. a fork hanging out of the socket, and I just have is. to not yeah. touch it. And it. It worked a lot in the beginning, but now it's it don't work no more. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. even just don't to act it. like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Cope with the fact you want to keep touching it. You just always want to grab it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I have to kind of spackle over it. Right. And so I, I see the spackle. I know it's there. See the outline of it. Yes, though, dude. exactly. It's on the there. wall. And you're like, it's always there. Listen, if shit gets too bad, I can take a hammer to this. I can just dig it out and then and I can fucking it electrocute myself. Because your brain death. still tells you that because I know because it tells me that. I, I don't yeah. want to speak for you. I'll say it just tells me that. <clears throat> I think at if this it's point. Bad, Jerry, Jerry, you can't find a house. Just go out in the woods and drink. Go out in the yeah. desert and drink. Yeah. Go out. This- <laughs> just go live among the cactuses until yeah. you die. It Drink a fifth. It won't You'll take that dead. long. Yeah, it really will. I could do it in a day. <laughs> a fifth of whiskey in 100 degree weather. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after not drinking for six years, like, whoo. Mm-hmm. I'll be on the news. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Just get um, killed by killer bees or something. And the other thing you said previously that was also in the article was this juxtaposition of, or this, I'm not juxtaposition, but the comparison of um, American. Uh, binge drinking and they used Italy. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting about this is I have a friend. Mm-hmm. I just sorry, there's a plane that sounds really close. Um, I have a friend from Italy, you've met him. His name is Francesco, yeah, and um, super great guy. And he came and he stayed with us for a few months. Oh, like yeah, three or four Poor months. Francesco. And we used to, so he slept on the couch, and we this was in the probably peak alcohol fucking drinking 2006 or something like that yeah blackout every night wake up every morning hung over all the time drink in the morning go to work drink in the afternoon so and he would be like i don't understand <laughs> i remember you <laughs> telling me this he's like i don't understand and i'm like what do you mean he's like in italy we go out we have dinner we have wine everything that's in this article we maybe have a drink afterwards. Hard alcohol was either before or after the meal. He said yeah. we would sit in the cafes or in the squares and we would have our little glass of Amaro liquor, whatever it was, and you would sip it and you would talk to your friends and you would sip it. And we would go out every single night with this guy. And the first thing we fucking do is you get a shot and a beer, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, it, it was, and he's, I just don't understand how you Americans drink. And this was 15 years ago. So maybe this article is accurate in that because I, in the beginning, I had posited mm-hmm. that there are probably, because there are binge drinkers in mm-hmm. every culture and there are cultures that 100%. binge is as celebrated as it is in the United States. But I, I imagine this person using Italy as a example, maybe more accurate. So maybe I'll, I will pull that one back mm-hmm. because I do remember Francesco having mm-hmm. that conversation with yeah. you and being like, you guys are too fucking much. Like, yeah, they just like I and it made me think confused. Like, yes, yeah. It made me think about that European way of approaching it. And there are Europeans who drink binge drink. They're all out there, you know. But mm-hmm. even in Germany, I think I thought about the Unterberg shots that we would get yeah. at the People's Pub in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And how the Unterberg shot, you're only really supposed to take one after you eat. It's an a, an app. What do you call digestive. it? Digestive. Digestive. You eat it to digest. Yes. And we would take like six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like six of them. Line them up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have heartburn. I'm going to have an Unterberg. Give me five. (laughs) And you're like, you're just making the heartburn fucking worse. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. Like when you bring stuff up like that and I remember Mm -hmm. 
like that was just our lives was like going into the people's pub and like (laughs) sitting there with the shit the sun would hit the bar and you could see all the filth in the way that you know what i mean like it was that perfect angle and you're like the grease on all because nobody would do the side work to wipe down the shelves and then Coda would be like, yo, dude, I fell asleep last night down by the kegs, like downstairs, got drunk, fell asleep on the couch, fell off and fell asleep wedged between two kegs, you know? And I'm like, that's fucking funny, dude. Really? That's like, funny, right? It was just, well, it was how funny. How are you not awesome. fired yet? You know? Yeah. Um, what was the other one that shit, you got gross shit, all you bartenders drank that was not meant to oh, be. Oh, the, um, the Fernet. Yeah. Fernet was also a digestive <laughs> that was meant to be mm-hmm. drinking out of a little tiny crystal glass not do you know what i mean yeah and the tumbler you know all that shit Mm -hmm. that fucking shit that walter drank was not meant to be drank the way we drank it chartreuse chartreuse is not meant to be drank the way we drank chartreuse and all these are european uh liqueurs and aperitifs and digestives to lubricate warm a tiny bit not to make Mm -hmm. you end up sitting in a folding chair in a church basement do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like yeah 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 or in a jail cell or dead you know right so there's i think there is something i think it's accurate that there are other cultures that america has a culture of binge drinking that it's seen as a you know a rite of passage that we 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 talk about it as a way of showing your fortitude and strength i mean i still like all the bullshit like i still think that fucking hunter s thompson and Charles Bukowski lied about that shit. They did now, maybe lie about it, that shit to sell books. So there was sell money books, involved. and yeah. so I feel like, I feel like there were some big fucking lies there. Yes, and um, again, I don't want to discount any of the beautiful things that I have personally received, tattoos notwithstanding from these uh-huh. authors. <laughs> but um, you know, it's like it's it's a fucking lie and i i'm i i'm trying to not i don't want to be judgmental because i don't feel like that's really helpful and that if you want to go out and enjoy a cocktail and you can then please do but but john I really it's, it's, they're all fictional books yeah. and you didn't get mad when you found out J.R. tolkien didn't know no hobbits john fair enough it's all fiction even under s thompson's journalism was called gonzo journalism because there are elements of fiction Hunter Thompson, great writer, not a great fucking journalist because he made up half that shit. You're not supposed to make shit up when you're a journalist. You're not supposed to make that shit up. You have a good point. Yes, they were good stories. What happened was you and I were gullible and we bought into the lie. So you can't be mad at them. You got to be mad at yourself for buying into the lie. You think Kerouac really did half the shit he said he did? No, no. Those dudes are all blasted on speed, getting fucked up and doing half the stuff they did and embellishing the rest to make it sell. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, my opinion right. on it. I never got mad at Stephen King because there was no pet cemetery in his backyard. You know? <laughs> I never did. So for me to read it, I'm like, but even when I was drinking, I thought it was the way to be because I bought into the lie. And then when I got older and kind of recovered, when I got into recovery, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. But man, I, I'm not mad at it because so wait, I, bought, I bought into it. You're telling me I can't blame somebody else for my alcoholism. No, it's your fucking to... fault, you ding dong. <laughs> you well, you can blame your genetics. I mean, you can sit there sure. and poke at your brain and be like, damn mm-hmm. you brain and damn mm-hmm. you society and culture. But I mean, at the end of the day, we got to own our own shit. Mm-hmm. That's and true. we're not supposed to look back on the past and we're not a glum lot. I'm not. I'm not a glum lot. You sold <laughs> all your Bukowski books. You're like, I'm done with this lying ass motherfucker. <laughs> 
And I'm like, Wait, you t- he's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning. Yeah. He showed his ass from the start. You really mm-hmm. think he had sex with that many women? Look at him. The guy's face looks like hard road. It looks it like does. one of these dirt roads out here. The- mm-hmm. I don't care how good your poetry is, dude. Right. No, I, you, you, you make a very good point. It was really, I mean, I bought into it. Check I, and make. I bought into it. Also, isn't it ironic? According to Don't Alanis you think? Morissette. <laughs> like rain on our wedding day, dude. Like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Um, Bitch, use the side of the spoon to cut the fucking cheese stick. It's so hard. That's You just use the spoon sideways. You cut, bam, you got half a Slim Jim. You're ready to go, Alanis. Hit me up. That's I got you ideas. in the fucking desert after a fifth of whiskey trying to cut it. Dude, I like lived off Slim those Slim Jim Jims, dude. Gross. I like loved yeah. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't eat them now. Get the agita, dude. Well, yeah, because it's nothing but salt and fucking and grease and grease. Yeah, and grease. Yeah, I feel horrible. Um, but I think in the article, I don't know. There's a problem in this country, and it was exacerbated by the epi- or the pandemic. Yeah, it's gotten a lot worse. And the isolation, and mm-hmm. the the you know we've talked about isolation, connection, that sort of that idea of those being the opposite and alcohol being in the middle and yeah mm-hmm. drinking alone is never ever i don't think it's ever a good idea i mean occasionally not- you might go to a bar and read a book and have a drink right. and i think again that could be but there's home. still the inherent social aspect the, the the opportunity may come up yes what are you what are you reading there you know mm-hmm. what i mean right someone right. cool might sit next to you and go what are you reading but at home someone walks your house and they're like what are you reading and you're like what the fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're right i mean i don't i can't think of i can't think of any reason why drinking alone would be productive unless you really were trying to untangle some type of writer's knot but then you just go and fucking throw the knot in the sea do you know what i mean like it just renders yourself useless at some point if you're an alcoholic you know yeah 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 man and and i i i don't know what i don't think there there is an answer on a as long as there's money to be made by getting people to fucking kill themselves with alcohol. And maybe that sounds dramatic. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't think that these, I don't think that these companies are interested in, in just sharing a fun time. No, they want you to buy their crap so they can buy more crap. And then on their deathbeds be like, thank God I had all that crap. So now I can leave all this crap to my children. Mm-hmm. But the article is called America as a drinking problem by Kate Julian. I'm not wrapping it up. I just want no, to make no, sure that that's... people know that I, you can read it. It's on the Atlantic website. I think the first one's free. Then you have to pay for all the ones after that. The first like four are free. It's like the New York Times or not the New York Times, <clears throat> Washington Post, right? Democracy dies in the darkness. First, like two are free. And then after that, they're like, you got to pay for these. That always annoys me because Reddit okay. always, always links to this article. It looks interesting. Then I realized I read a stupid article about Donald Trump's depends or something. I'm like, I can't read this one. That's really relevant because I, you know, spent it on you the got, gossip You got on section. the clickbaity. Yeah. You got on yeah. the clickbaity shit. You What's got on the Nancy Pelosi shit? have to say about fucking Marjorie Taylor Thomas <laughs> green or whatever. Marjorie Taylor Thomas <laughs> green or whatever. I don't that Jonathan Taylor fucking, Thomas. Yes. From lady. home improvement. Yeah. The biggest Karen at target. It's like, yes. get the fuck out of here. But no, once again, we are a non-political podcast. We are two political guys who are trying really hard to be trying really hard to not be a political podcast. Because I don't want to alien anybody. I want you to not drink if you don't want to drink. And if we're yeah. helping, good. If your politics are bad, maybe if you get sober enough, they'll get better. 
Maybe that. Maybe you go in recovery and be like, I was a fucking wingding. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that regardless of <clears throat> regardless of your politics, <clears throat> if you're interested in solving problems and you come across somebody who is also interested in solving these problems and maybe has a different way, mm-hmm. the best way to <clears throat> understand this other person and relate to them, if you're interested in that, is to not just <clears throat> yell at them and tell them they're wrong. Right. And if the problem is alcohol, I'd be happy to listen and talk with you, right. regardless mm-hmm. of your politics on any number of other inflammatory things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've set aside about an hour today to go argue with conservatives on Facebook. So um, why that are feels you pretty, doing I'm that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was almost like, why have you done? You're pissing in a sea of piss. You know, everybody forgets about the 4chan rule because they're all too old. Mm-hmm. What's the 4chan you rule? You can't the... troll B, the B board and 4chan where all this shit started was yes. on the pole board and the B board. Yes. Right? Pole board, B board, and a stupid fucking Gamergate. And the rule on the B board was you cannot troll the B board because you're just pissing into a sea of piss. And that's Facebook. Facebook's just B bowl. It's just the B. It's just the B. Yeah. Just 4chan. It's just with, so, old, with boomers. So I don't for, even know why for, you're still on it. I don't know either. It's yeah. I don't know. Dude, I do. Because like my the, mom's there. I don't know. She likes to you check call in. Her. You can just call her and say, how are you? You can just send her pictures of your day. Look at this cool dog I found, mom. Right. Should I? Just, I should. I should just, just start looking for ex-girlfriends, dude. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on I Instagram, should... too. <laughs> Uh, so I want to just really quickly, for those of you who don't know what 4chan <laughs> is, um, there's actually a, that don't, there's a don't great, go there. Don't go there. There was a great or 8chan or 8coon or whatever. Yeah, anyway, any of that go ahead. Shit. Sorry, I um, keep interrupting you. It's really dark, fucked up, uh, you know, just bad, 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 bad stuff. But there was a great Q, uh, QAnon Anonymous episode where they dug deep into the history of it all. And it yeah. was... And I remembered some of this, like I was there and it was the, one of the reasons why I left. Cause you were the mm-hmm. one who were like, Hey, isn't this funny, cool memes. And then like the funny, cool yeah. Memes. Cause the meme started and then on 4chan. And then I was like, why is this so racist? Mm-hmm. This is really awful. This is really gross. Why is this so sexist? And I was like, okay, you know, and you know, that was what 2006 or seven. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. just like, but um, also you should check out the that if we're going to do the QAnon Anonymous, my other recommendation would be the HBO documentary that uh, Q into the storm mm-hmm. is yeah. really good talking about that cult because that cult's coming up, man. Yeah. It really is. But once again, we're not a political podcast. Avoid <laughs> I just four chan nowadays is I I, it's just stupid. It's yeah. it's just it's all dumb. It's all just lonely people who are angry that they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um mm. and we're gonna get ddos now well i have like the one fucking 4chan listener who's like yo fuck these two gen x boomers bam ddos it's gonna be videos of me whacking off on the internet Basically. and i'll be like yeah from my fucking ipad cam be like yeah what, what's new <laughs> what's new <laughs> um so i i guess in conclusion or nearing the conclusion and getting right. out of mired out of this this bullshit that we're mm-hmm. we just got into talking about um there's definitely a drinking problem and if you're listening to this you're you've either had one you have one you think you might have one or you're simply just interested in in understanding people who do or you know me on instagram and or you know me like, yes or you hey i listened to one of your podcasts i got a message from a friend of mine from a guy i knew in seattle it was like listen mm-hmm. your podcast is really interesting i'm like cool thanks but 
I don't think he's he's not. I think he was just uh, yeah. Then he got part way in the podcast and went oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> These guys aren't talking about fucking how fun it is to drink. No, but I think it's a good article and I really enjoyed it. I know that you, you made some very salient points, Jerry, Thanks. Uh, about it, blaming a certain group of people, you know, a certain generation, which is the, their want to do. And it does sort of play both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm but here are the good things and here are the bad things. Now make up it your does, mind. Which is fine. It's, it works as an article. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think my mind is made up <laughs> and uh, about whether yeah. or not alcohol is good or bad. And again, even though it is that inert substance, it's like, I can't fucking, I can't deal with it. I can't cope with it. I can't function with it. Yeah. No, thanks. I've had enough. No, thanks. I've had enough. It's just not for me, man. It's not for me. Don't work for me. I'm going to stick with nicotine and caffeine. Mm -hmm. Those are my drug, my DOC. You don't even Uh, do nicotine anymore. I'm so proud of you because I, I (sighs) beep, 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 beep. You know, I'm over here vaping away. Like I'm fucking Herbie Hancock playing the keyboard. That made no sense. That was like a Sherry (laughs) Frost picture in your mind that you saw of him with the tube in his mouth playing the fucking. Oh oh, yes, (laughs) doing the vocoder. That's what I was trying to get at. (laughs) But it's just me, the vape. Just (laughs) me and my wife are just vaping. We just vape so much, but well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not ready to. We'll do the anti-vaping podcast later. I'll do my vape recovery podcast. Never, probably. Never. I could still run five miles. It's too hot, man. I had to run four the other day because I'm out there and it's like in the mid 80s and I'm not used to that because I'm from Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So me in the 80s, I'm like, I'm going to have a fucking stroke on the side of the road. Like rad. Nah. So, yeah. so a cu- just take a, take your debit card with you if you need to stop at like a 7-Eleven or something and get some water. And you know 7-Eleven's out here, dude. <laughs> The fucking the closest 7 it's arizona everything's spread out so far the closest 7 is 10 miles away you want to go to fries you better fucking pack a bag well maybe you could um fries fries i don't know There's fries, fries here is. I don't oh know they don't have is. fries they have them in california no, but not, not in here. northern california no it's a grocery store okay <clears throat> it's like a kroger kind of but you won't you won't carry a bottle of water with you or a camelback. It's too heavy. I hate carrying shit. My hands yeah. and camelbacks heavy. I'm I'm looking into buying a belt. There's a specific belt. It's called a flip belt. Have you seen these? I don't know. You hear these? I always feel like Jay Leno when I do that. <laughs> you hear, hear these? These people? You hear these? It's called a flip belt, and it's this neoprene belt that you put on that has pockets in it that fits mm-hmm. everything snug against your body, and it comes with this curved kind of flat flask that you can fill with water. And so you put everything in the belt, and then you uh, zip all the pockets closed and you flip it inside out. So mm. it holds everything, uses your body and the neoprene, the tension from the neoprene, it holds everything in place. So you huh. can reach back and grab the water and pull it out from inside the belt, drink it, put it back. And uh, I, when I run, I like to, I don't like to hold anything. Right. I can't handle it. And so all my running shorts have zippers on them. So I keep my iPhones from flying right, right. away, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, it's kind of a pain in the ass to find running shorts that have the perfect zipper pockets on them. You always, I always have to yes. sew the pocket into the short so it doesn't, the phone doesn't whip around in my yes. the balls or whatever. And so now I'm like, I'm a flip belt this shit. I love how you are um, researching <laughs> to carrying a flask for a whole different reason now. For a whole different like, reason now. Yeah. <laughs> not the one that you get engraved for your wedding. I've just had it. And, and my sister gave me one of these cloths she uses too, because she's roller skates and she'll roller mm-hmm. skate on the running track and she'll do like 20 miles in a day on skates, like mm-hmm. for fun. Like that's her average is about 15, 15 miles in a day. 
and she buys these these um fabrics that are you they're like water wicking they like keep the mm-hmm. water in it so you fill it with cold water wrap it around your neck like a scarf and it stays oh. wet the entire time that's cold, awesome cools down your core so i'll have to learn these little things especially with this new place we're at we're like literally in the middle of nowhere like could you suck on the towel and like drink it or is that probably but it wouldn't taste good right because it'd be sweaty that's a new thing i've learned too like in oregon i ran i'd sweat a little bit but here man even lifting weights i'm like drenched so when i shower it's like all salty water i'm not used to the sweating this much i love it i don't mind mid 80s is no problem i love going out there i'm almost there i have to acclimate it takes a minute yeah but i'm also (laughs) sensitive to temperature and the alanis morissette song i was talking about earlier is called reasons i drink Okay. It's a pretty good song. You should check out the video on YouTube. It's called Reasons I Drink. It's very interesting. If okay. we're going to be doing our Delinus Morissette Dark Tower deep dive. <laughs> Reasons I Drink. Yeah. Okay. I'll check yeah. it out. I'm yeah, down. I mean, I was trying to remember her recovery song, and it, it was this is a song by her recovery. She's not, I don't I don't know if she's sober. I don't know if she's California sober. I don't know. Mm, maybe she's I don't know kansas sober canadian sober i don't know fun of the poor california sober girl i'm like ooh, you're you're (sighs) doing that denial shit in front of everybody i don't it's poor girl yeah it sucks man i ain't even mad at you i just feel bad i mean i i guess to language is important and how you it is very important nowadays describe yourself and how you you know like they we you and i would say i'm an alcoholic and now that's not even what it's called. It's called alcohol use disorder. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm not homeless. I'm experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Or and displaced. It's sort of to, right. So to sort of not put the judgment on the person, like I'm an alcoholic. Well, you're a human I'm not being a recovery too. and alcoholic. I'm in long-term recovery. I'm in long-term you know. recovery. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fine. But yes, yeah. it does seem to feel like, the denial is out there for everybody to see and like, but, but again, fuck it, man, live your life how you want to live it. And if it's working for you, then mm-hmm. so be it. Um, right. Right. I, I still think it's funny though. It's I not funny. Not... I think funny, peculiar, not funny. Like, ha ha, you're in pain. Like, right. It's kind of funny. Like that's funny. That's peculiar. That maybe that, that's peculiar is a better word for mm-hmm. it. But I, I just, I don't think that I could, I, I can't, I don't, I can't budge on, my sobriety well we know what we are and we know what we're capable of you know what i mean (laughs) i'm not saying she or people who out there who have occasional drink whatever they know what they're capable of too and what 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 works for them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and also most people i know who occasionally drink who had problems with in the past are not demi lovato right (laughs) they're not in the media giving other people a word for it you know you gotta i always feel like if you're out there you should be slightly especially if you're trying to be the face of recovery or at least some type of abstinence from there's a little bit more responsibility more more, i would think i mean a lot of people would not like to have that but it is what it is i mean i try to be straight up with people here about it and Mm -hmm. you know but especially i am not demi lovato i don't have her reach but no you know i can't can't hit any of her notes (laughs) or them i don't know i think they're non-binary now i don't okay well I don't know, John. I don't. I don't know. know. I don't I'm sorry know. if I offended. I, I don't even want to do that fucking Gen X shit. I'm sorry if I offended one. Ironically, because I don't know. Yeah, I'm learning. Well, I think the best thing we can do is do our best. <laughs> yeah, tread lightly. The best thing we do is do our best. And with that, I think <laughs> we should. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> that those are my wise words for today. Yeah. Um. 
All right. I will uh I will talk to you next week. All right, John. Cool. Right. Next week will be Z. It'll be Z. It'll be the last one and then we'll take a break. Do and you Z what we'll... I Z? You know what Do I mean? You? <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.